Welcome to the Dreaming Big Podcast, where we talk about how to move from feeling stuck and stagnant in your life to accessing your dreams and passions. This is the place to make space for those big and often uncomfortable emotions without judgment or conditions so you can figure out what you want to be doing instead. I'm your host, Allison Gomez, licensed marriage and family therapist in California. Now, before we get started, this podcast is not to be a replacement for therapy, nor is meant to be used for mental health, medical, or psychiatric treatment. If you are needing assistance, go to therapyden.com or inclusivetherapist.com to find a therapist in your area. Or if you would like to work with me, go to healingwithgroup.com. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Dreaming Big. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of safety when it comes to making the changes you need in your life. The need for relief and releasing some of that pressure of having to live up to such big and often unrealistic expectations. So I'm going to start off with asking a question. How safe do you actually feel with yourself? Because... I feel like for most people, the answer should be yes. Oftentimes, it's no. I don't feel safe with myself. Because that's a problem. You, If you're wanting to create this life where you're feeling relief from the pressures, feeling relief from those expectations, where you're letting yourself have hopes and dreams... Safety is such an important factor. You need to feel safe within you. And not just within you, also with the relationships that you have and even within your community. But let me back up first. So for some of you who have no clue what does safety even look like within yourself, let me break this down to give you some examples of how it can look. Obviously, this is not the end-all be-all list. There are a variety of ways of how you can feel safe, but this these are just kind of like some general statements. So one of the ways that it might look, it would look like to be safe within yourself is you not judging your feelings for existing, such as you're just accepting your feelings for as they are and using those feelings to figure out what you're going to do on how to take care of yourself or how to set a boundary or What you're going to do in that situation, you're not using those feelings as a moral compass of how good or bad or how bad of a person you are. It's more of, it's just data, you know, something that I keep talking about our feelings. It's just data. Another way of looking safe within yourself is not, you're not judging your actions as evidence of you being a good or bad person or whatever moral standard that you're holding but rather as maybe your actions were helpful or not. Maybe they were harmful because a lot of times it's not just about the feelings that we have. It's about how we interpret our behaviors. So I'm really, I'm a really big fan of like crazy ex-girlfriend, the TV show. So spoilers, if you do not like, or if you are interested in watching that show and have not yet, so one of the lead character, well, the lead character, Rebecca Bunch, she often does things that are problematic in her life that causes her more stress, more pain, and it's a big deal. So she'll violate people's boundaries 
and she'll escalate conflicts. And so in the end, she ends up feeling really bad about herself where she tells herself how she's a terrible person and how she's horrible and no one's ever going to love her. So she is not safe within herself because when she makes mistakes, not only does she go from one extreme to the other, she judges herself and kind of like dooms herself to be this bad person, which makes it really hard to kind of grow from that moment and heal and do something different. So it's not necessarily about the, no one ever expects you to not make a mistake. It's more like, how do you learn from that experience and not let that one action define you? Because it doesn't. You're a complex human being with multiple, multiple actions. I mean, obviously we, we make decisions all day. We behave all day. So when you're safe within yourself, you're able to have the flexibility to learn from your mistakes instead of just saying, I'm a good person or I'm a bad person based on whether or not you were able to be perfect. And also not judging yourself can look like not judging how it feels to even be in your body. We live in a very fat phobic world. And so when we have things like hunger, it can almost feel like I'm a bad person for having this hunger. And so if I'm hungry, I'm going to punish myself by not feeding me. Or, you know, we're in a world where we're expected to kind of like have nonstop energy or do more on less. So if you're tired, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to ignore this fatigue and I'm going to push myself extra hard. So it ends up becoming you kind of running your body into the ground because you feel like it needs to reach these expectations. That's another sign of not feeling safe within yourself. So to feel safe in yourself, you're not going to judge your body. You're going to respect your body. If it's hungry, you're going to feed it. If it's tired, you're going to, assuming that you have the resources, you're going to give it as much rest as you can, because sometimes it's not possible. You know, again, it kind of goes back to that privilege. Sometimes you don't have the privilege to have as, as much rest as you need, but maybe there are ways that you can have rest. And that's just within you. Now, like, in order to, like, maintain change, the change that we're talking about, where, again, you're trying to feel hope, where you're trying to feel relief, where you're trying to see this future outside of feeling stuck and where you're at, it's also really important for you to have safety in the people who are around you. Because it is super hard to feel safe if you're around super judgy people. Like if you're around people who constantly put other people down and criticize people, talk behind other people's, you know, talk behind friends back, then it's not going to feel safe for you to like truly be open and be yourself and make the changes that you need. So, and also not only that, if you're in the process of changing then that's going to impact how other people are going to see you. You're, you're going to present differently. You might even interact with other people differently. You might be more open or you might have more boundaries and people aren't going to like that. And especially if they're not really trustworthy. So, okay. So again, if you're not used to having a trustworthy relationship where it's safe, let's talk about what that might even look like to kind of like plant those seeds, gives you an idea. 
So a safe relationship might look like feeling like you can say what you want or talking about your feelings without having to worry about being judged or abandoned or rejected. So a lot of times when people are in relationships where it isn't safe, the fact that you have feelings could be a reason why, you know, can be a reason for conflict, like anger. Like if someone's angry, like in a couple, if someone's angry, it almost gives evidence like, oh, well, if you're angry, then I'm allowed to be angry too. I'm angry that you're angry and it kind of escalates and turns into this big thing. That is a situation where it's not safe versus a, a safer relationship might look like, okay, I see you're angry. What's going on? You feel the difference. Another sign of being safe is actually feeling physically safe. Some people are not safe. That is a thing. They are not, maybe they physically intimidate you. Maybe they actually break things. Maybe they actually hurt you. Whereas a safe relationship, they're not. They're going to respect your physical safety. Another form of feeling safe is feeling accepted when you're showing all the different parts of you. Because, you know, I come into this, you know, into this, it's like that intersectionality lens that we have different identities. So like for me, like me, for example, I am a cis hetero woman. Latina, neurodivergent, there's areas where I have privilege, there's areas where I don't have privilege, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And when you're able to feel safe in your relationships, you can show up with all these different identities and not necessarily feel like you have to hide them, especially if you're part of a marginalized group, such as being, you know, part of the non-binary trans community, you know, if you identify as lesbian, gay, bi, If you're neurodivergent, if you're disabled, you're able to show up fully as yourself and know that they're not going to actively engage in microaggressions. They might still engage in microaggressions because it's really hard not to when you live in a very like ism world, but they're willing to like work on that versus like being stuck in their way. They're willing to take the accountability. That's what a safer relationship will look like. You will be able to voice your concerns be heard and know that the person that you're talking to is going to be willing to like put in the effort so you guys can resolve that conflict and also placing boundaries without having to worry about the people that you love or care about judging you or abandoning you or rejecting you it's just kind of honored and accepted like okay I see that you need this boundary and we're gonna go with it So that's what it might look like in a relationship to have that safety versus not having safety. So, you know, again, the reason why it's important to have the sense of safety in general, like within yourself and within your close circle of friends, and I would even recommend the whole environment, but you know, there's only so much you can do as one person to change the whole environment. That's going to involve a lot more people's buy-in. So like, just for the sake of this conversation, you know, feeling safe within you and within your close circle of support, because if you don't have that safety, it's really hard to make change. 
because change is really hard. I mean, we talk about like New Year's resolutions. We talk about these dreams and goals, but we don't talk about like the fear that comes along with it and all those really uncomfortable feelings and having that support can help you feel more grounded in that experience so you can keep doing the things that you want to be doing even when it gets uncomfortable. So like, for example, like there's this fear of the unknown. When you're embracing change, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. So yeah, like let's, for instance, like here, a lot of people want to feel relief from the pressure of having to meet all these unrealistic expectations of having to perform, of having to prove our worth, you know, it's, and potential and everything, like all these really big things. But at the same time, you don't know what you're jumping into when you let those things go. Like, what does life look like when you don't have to, like, constantly prove yourself? What does life look like when you're not constantly hustling to be the best at all time or to succeed, to win? What does it look like when you're not actively doing that? It it can be really scary looking, trying to look into the future and having no fucking clue what that actually looks like. And so it can be easy to kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to fall back on old patterns because it's comfortable. I feel like crap when I'm doing that, but it's comfortable. When you're, when you have that safety, it's easier to like sit with that discomfort because when you have people who are going to support you and two, you're going to support you. And, but also it's not even just of the unknown. If you're used to like not allowing yourself to make mistakes or judging yourself for making mistakes, that means you're breaking a pattern and trying something new, which is going to have mistakes because no one ever like learns how to make these new patterns perfectly. No one's perfect in that way. And so if you don't have support, if you're just doing this on your own, it's going to be a lot easier to fall back onto that old pattern of judging yourself versus like having someone that you can count on who can also like give you some perspective. Like, oh, hey, I see you made that mistake. And you know what? I'm so glad that you're trying. It kind of relieves some of the pressures of having to make change perfectly. And not only that, it's easier to do the things you want to do when the people that you care about, including you, are supporting you. So like, there's this one example I'm thinking of, and this is like within the therapy community in general. So the the therapy field and a lot of help, like help, you know, the helping field, um, there's this expectation that you should be doing the, you should be helping people at whatever cost. There shouldn't be like, you shouldn't, you're not supposed to get rich in the helping field. You're supposed to just kind of accept whatever and, and kind of sacrifice. And so there's a lot of people, you know, so there's like a subset of therapists who are like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to charge more money. I'm going to charge what I feel is necessary for me to live the lifestyle that I want. And it can be really hard for them to maintain their, like stay steady on their path because there's a lot of other therapists who are like, you're a horrible therapist if you want to get rich off your clients. You're a horrible therapist if you're wanting to be able to take a vacation or whatever because you're charging your clients these higher rates. You're not letting people have access to you and therefore you're part of the problem 
of capitalism, when the fact is capitalism is the reason why we're even in this situation in the first place. Everyone's just trying to do the best. But the point is, the reason I bring this up is when like therapists and not just therapists, I guess like anybody who's trying to do like money mindset work where they're challenging their money narratives or money stories and addressing traumas associated with finances and money and security. It can be really hard moving forward when you're fighting everyone who's saying it's bad to want money. It's bad to want wealth. It's bad to want to want financial security. So when you're with people who actually support you, you don't have to have that fight. You don't have to defend yourself in that way. You know, and again, we're looking for people who share the same values. Obviously, we don't want people who agree with everything that we want to do. It's okay to have differing perspectives. But if your goal is to do something and all your all the people around you are in a different mindset, it's going to make it hard. Another example, when I used to work with uh, community mental health, there's this thing called like, you know, the mentality of community mental health. Um, it's a very specific mentality where you, you do as you're told and you don't really question. And I never really was good at that. Um, I mean, I am, unless it's something that sounds like shady or fishy. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. And so I remember one time asking someone like, Hey, I want to make sure I'm a good fit for, you know, whatever team I'm on next, because past experiences have shown me that when I'm not working with a supervisor who who's a good fit for me. It's just a miserable experience for both of us. And I have been told like, no, you don't question it. You just accept the position that you get regardless of how bad that they're, how bad the supervisor is. And so, you know, again, it makes it hard for you to want to like move forward and change patterns when if your support system doesn't normalize it. Yeah. It's a conflict. It's an extra fight. So if you're around people who you feel safe and you don't have to fight them, it's easier to just do the things that you want. Long-winded, I know. So, but like learning how to feel safe, it's vulnerable. I mean, safety is vulnerability. And it's hard to do this on your own. You can't just learn how to be safe with other people unless you're around other people. And oftentimes it's really hard to even learn to be safe within yourself if the other people around you aren't safe as well. And so this is where group therapy can be really helpful because it can give you this experience of learning how to trust yourself as well as learning how to trust others. So let me explain. So as I mentioned in the in like previous episodes that group therapy is supposed to be group therapy is this opportunity to kind of explore the ways you interact with other people in the group because the way you act in the group is probably the same way that you act outside the group. So for example, if you're someone who keep things to yourself, if you're pretty secretive, you're probably going to be secretive in group. Same thing if you're kind of like dismissive of your feelings outside of a group, you're probably going to do that within group. If someone says something that hurts your feelings, you're probably going to just dismiss it and be like, oh no, it's not that big a deal. You know, like I know you were just kidding. Whatever you do outside a group, you're probably going to do within group. And so this gives you an opportunity to learn how to not do that. With like, if you're in my group, 
you know, that's when I would be pointing out things like, hmm, I'm noticing this thing. Do you do this in other areas? I wonder what's actually going on now, what feelings are coming up and whatnot. And so it gives, it provides this kind of opportunity to challenge your patterns so that you might have to be more open and learn to tolerate the discomfort of just trusting people because there is discomfort around that. Even when you know someone's going to be safe, if you don't practice actually being vulnerable with them, it's going to terrify you regardless. It is scary being vulnerable and learning how to tolerate that discomfort in a group can make it safer for you to tolerate that discomfort outside a group with the people who are actually trustworthy. And same thing about yourself. Like when you're open and people are accepting you for who you are and not judging you for your thoughts and feelings, that almost gives you permission to accept your own feelings as well. It, which can make it like give evidence on why you need to be safer with yourself because it feels so much better when you're not tearing yourself down. It just, it can be really hard to like jump into that. So as we're wrapping up, just remember the more that you're able to let yourself feel safe within you and with the people that you're around, the easier it will be to make the changes that you want in your life. Now, it's not impossible to be around people who you really truly can't be yourself around because they're just jerks, but it definitely makes it a lot harder because you're adding like the weight of the struggle of having to manage those relationships and and the con- and like the cognitive dissonance of like what does it mean for me to be doing something my friends don't support like it's just extra stuff so i mean i'm always going to advocate for you to be to practice being safe with yourself now on that note make sure you do something kind you know kind for yourself today and until next time toodles If you have enjoyed today's podcast and are ready to take the leap to embrace your emotions and trust yourself so you can start dreaming, go to healingwithgroup.com. Make sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode drops. You can also follow me on Instagram at Allison Gomez LMFT.